Hello and welcome to the Theological Family Ministry Podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping and equipping parents and children's ministry workers. I'm your host, Pastor Tony Tresoni, along with my co-host, Ben Palaz. I'm a pastor in Augusta, Georgia, family and children's pastor. And I'm the family pastor in Westminster, Maryland, which is about to get by about 18 inches of snow today as we're recording. It's cold here, but I don't think we got snow. Yeah, Georgia doesn't get too much snow, unfortunately. (laughs) Our kids are really looking forward to the snow. It's our first real big snow of the year, and it's in March, so. Yeah, our kids were hoping for snow since we moved from Kentucky, but we just, you know, still having trouble convincing them that it's just not going to snow the same. Well, we've got a very cinematic discussion today. We're going to be talking about movies. We're doing a TFM at the Movies podcast and discussing the new movie Lego Batman, as well as generally how Christians and Christian parents should interact with film with raising their own children in the faith. And before we start our discussion, I do want to mention this is really a timely time that we're recording this. As and Just a few weeks after this podcast is posted at Westminster Baptist Church, our church here, we're going to be hosting a special event called Family Service Saturday. We do once a year, but this year we're and not just helping the needy through filling some shoe boxes with some items and, and some great blessings for Easter for the needy. But we're also going to spend some time watching a movie, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, and we're going to be discussing it with our children. So, so Pastor Ben, I want to ask you, how often do you see movies? And I already know the answer is not going to be much. <laughs> Yeah, not not a whole lot. And I mean, I enjoy movies. Just a lot of factors that come in there. Time and some of that, you know, you you know the pressure of this when you have young kids. You know, you get to a certain time of night and you go, we can't start a movie now. I'm too tired. And, and I mean, I just don't have lots of, of money to go to the theater all the time. And I feel like if I'm forking over that cash, then I might as well just, you know, let them poke me in the eyes too for the, the cost of it as well. So... I'm a little different from you. You know, I used to see a lot more movies. I actually used to see every movie that would come out, especially when I remember when I was in high school, I had a job working in a movie theater for about a year. And during that time, I saw so many movies. I saw everything that one day I remember I even was off work on like a Tuesday during a summer. And I decided to go see four different movies in theaters in the same day. It was pretty crazy. Back to back to back to back. And didn't you used to review films for like a school newspaper or something? I did. I, the high school I went to, I helped with the newspaper. And during my time there, I was the editor of the opinion page as well as the writer of the uh, movie reviews in the newspaper. So that was a lot of fun. That was a way to justify my obsessive indulgence of movies, I guess. And <laughs> Now I watch a lot less, but I still, we probably, me and my wife will maybe go to four or five movies in the theater in a year. That's probably in a good year. But, you know, the reality is they just get so expensive. But in addition to that, we probably rent 15 to 20 movies on Redbox in a good year. Probably realistically more like 15 as a high. So we, we like to enjoy watching some of the newer movies that come out. It's not that we're not interested. A lot of times it's just time. And my wife's not really a night person. And so sometimes by the time you get the kids in bed and quiet, you're like, yeah, we're not going to start something at this point. So we've done more. We've watched shows on Netflix. And so you get a little bit shorter bite at a time. And so we've enjoyed that. But Yes, Netflix has definitely changed many a couple's marriage after the kids are in bed. <laughs> so what's your favorite movie, Ben? Some of my favorite movies are, I like the Bourne movies. I have not seen the newest one or the one that was in that franchise but had a different actor. 
And I do like the newer Batman movies with Christian Bale. Oh, did you hear about the newest sequel coming out in the Bourne trilogy? It's actually where Jason Bourne becomes a Christian. It's called Born Again. <laughs> I'm waiting for that one. My favorite movie, really... I put it down kind of as a tie. Uh, I'm such a cinephile. I, it's hard for me to answer that with one single answer. And for me, I think the best movie I've ever seen was Zero Dark Thirty. I'm not sure if I'd say it's my favorite movie. Just an incredible uh, work of filmmaking. Was one of my favorite movies to watch over and over and over again. Kind of reveals how much of a geek I am. And so one of my obsessions as a child, which was Spider-Man. And so Spider-Man <laughs> 2. Not the new Spider-Man 2, which is really awful, but the original <laughs> Spider-Man 2. Why does it matter what kids watch? Well, you know, those things just have the power to brand themselves into a kid's imagination. And it sticks with them. And it tells them what to think about, and even in some ways how to think about it. And there's just, whether they're, they're watching on a television screen or this enormous movie screen, there's just something captivating about it that's forcefully telling kids and adults a message. Especially with younger kids, you know, they can't always tell the differences between what's good and bad if, if that the main character is doing. Movies these days, I feel like, are maybe more realistic in that it portrays flaws in the the main character, the hero, the heroine. And so when they see the good guy, the good girl doing some things, uh, I mean, we experience this in our own family. This maybe contributes to part of why we don't do a whole lot of movies, but the child maybe not always able to distinguish between, oh, well, if the, the good guy is doing this, then it must be okay, because why would they be showing this person doing something that's wrong? Yeah, I think, I mean, there's just many reasons, but um, it's just a powerful medium to, to convey a message. And the truth is, you know, we especially as Christians need to be careful about this kind of thing because we teach a worldview that essentially goes against every society's basic belief system. You know, I think it's been accurately taught that that everyone's born a Pelagian of some sort, form or another, which is basically someone who thinks the world's about being a good person versus being a bad person. And so our worldview still fundamentally contradicts that, and we're far more than any other worldview does. Every movie, every way in which the culture wants to shape people is going to be trying to shape people to our natural presumptions in society. Wouldn't you agree with that? Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Do movies really don't teach theology? Of course, I mean, everything does. They're, they're telling a story about the world, whether it's the real world or some fantasy world, it involves good and evil and problems that have to be solved. And I mean, those are theological issues. And so it's kind of, you know, if you only had this, or if you only do this, then life will be good. Yeah, I think most people think it does have an impact. You know, I think especially we see this in some of the news stories about a new movie coming out. Uh, the new Beauty and the Beast movie that's coming out soon made national headlines. I saw on CNN, New York Times, everywhere that they're having a gay character in the new Beauty and the Beast issue. And I, I don't want to go too in-depth about commenting on that. You know, I don't think that's really here nor there yet. We haven't seen the movie, uh, obviously. So it's not come out yet at the time this podcast is being recorded. But 
that that was such a significant issue that it made the news and many people are upset about that you'll find many a blog many a christian article responding to how terrible or how wonderful that might be from some very different perspectives so if this movies didn't teach people disney wouldn't have bothered releasing the sexuality of that character you know exactly and i think even and it does shape worldviews in ways that we might not realize. Yeah, I think one of the craziest examples of the ways that movies actually do shape us is I was reading that one of the biggest, really even the biggest influence on people believing in global climate change was not a great scientific study. It not, wasn't even a documentary. Do you know what it was? Uh, no, enlighten me. It was the movie The Day After Tomorrow. There you go. <laughs> yes. Yes, for those who don't know, that was kind of a an apocalyptic movie, you know, a disaster movie, very fictitious, and it hugely impacted society. I think even we see this in the most, the most extreme form was during World War II, the Nazis famously created Nazi propaganda movies, movies that were, that were created to be shot in such a way that glorified the Nazi cause and really influenced people to blind to the Nazi lies. You know, kids' movies, especially, I think, go out of the way to teach life lessons. Uh, hopefully not Nazi life lessons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it really is a propaganda machine. It could be used for good or for bad. But What kids' movies do you think might teach bad theology? Uh, veggie Tales? Um, you know, I th- Wow. I, I say that tongue-in-cheek. But to, to some extent, um, and I mean, that's from the admission of creator of it, Phil Vischer. He said he had taught kids how to act Christianly, but he hadn't really actually taught them about what Christianity was. Now, I mean, yes. that's that's a little bit harsh. There's plenty of good in Veggie Tales, but there's also some problems. And we've talked about that before, you know, King George and the Ducky um, really, really just undermine sin. But more seriously, I think a lot of princess tales can convey things like that that you know just if you find the true love then all your dreams will come true and life will be good and you know it ends at the wedding and everything's happy and so that's just it's not real life is it not <laughs> uh, i'm happy to hear if that is for you but uh, most people i know that has not been the case not that marriage and family is not a joyful thing uh, but it's certainly not that you know a- after the wedding it's just all bliss and so just teaching little girls to, to put all, your, all your, your stock there. And I've seen an article written several years ago by a woman that was entitled You've Got Lies. And it was about film and different women's novels that sort of portray, like Jane Austen kind of novels that portrayed, that, you know, once you find that, that man, that true love, then everything's just okay. And uh, that's just, I think that's misleading. Yes, very much so. Well, and thank you all for joining us for the anti VeggieTales podcast with Pastor Tony and Pastor Ben. Okay. <laughs> we're going to have a burning at the end. Yeah, we're going to collect some DVDs if you want to ship them to us in the mail, and then we'll burn them. And we can even uh, change the intro music to just this crackling sound of that burning. <laughs> for my response to that I had was, Actually, a movie that came out, I think around 2000, How the Grinch Stole Christmas. And I'm not talking about the original one. I'm talking about the quote-unquote live-action one. You know, they use so many special effects. Live-action is uh, really a loose term in that way. You know, and I thought that movie... 
in addition to not being really the best movie uh, and really missing the point of the book as well as the original cartoon, it really taught, I think, so clearly this idea that we're basically good and the bad that we do in this life is because people are mean to us you know even the Grinch the Grinch is kind of portrayed as a, as a cup filler type situation like we mentioned in previous podcasts he does mean things because people are mean to him well why did the people do the mean things to him in the first place was somebody mean to them and it just kind of begs the question who's the one actual bad person that <laughs> everything comes down to was there just one dude out there somewhere and I think it's so family we're big on family discipleship and family is an important thing but family in that movie becomes idolatry a family is the reason for the season but at the same time ironically in that movie that they portray that family is more important to consumerism but we still get our awesome stuff at the end you know we still get to revel in the uh, our awesome goodies so I thought there was just so much bad teaching that really could influence kids in very negative ways in that movie if we see all this bad things in, in these movies, even some Christian movies, should Christians even show their kids movies? What about secular movies, too? I think it, it is okay to show your kids movies. I'd be selective, though. I would watch it with them or even watch it first yourself. And just don't expect Hollywood or whoever's producing the film to shepherd your kids or guide their thinking. Generally, they're just not going to do that. And, and even to secular films, I, I would say that's okay. But just be careful because every film every story is is putting out there an idea a view of the world and so in one sense they're trying to capture your child's heart and their imagination and get dollars out of your wallet get you to take them to the movie and then the merchandise that comes with it but more than just financial i mean they're also trying to to push ideas and philosophies those aren't always ones that are as friendly to biblical christianity the truth is, movies can be a gift from God, I think, to be enjoyed. That e even many products of this world, that God gifted artists and gifted creative minds so that we could enjoy some stories that they're able to tell us and mm -hmm. that's able to be shown to us in movies and some really entertaining times. I think it, movies can sometimes be a time that things that bring people together. It can be things that we can enjoy. I, mean, I think that God has gifted us sometimes with enjoying and laughing at things and being excited and following the adventure of a story that can be told in film. So I don't think that movies are inherently bad. I think they can be very good. But, you know, I think at the same time we do have to show that kind of discretion. And as for the secular movies part of the question, I think it's interesting to me when we talk about Christian movies, and there's some Christian movies that I think that are just as disastrous, if not worse than some <laughs> um, Christian. You know, and I do think of, you mentioned the, the danger of movies that portray everything is that if you do the right thing, you know, that everything's just going to go perfectly for you. And I think there's a prominent Christian movie that came out when we were in college that I think really communicated that wrongly and dangerously. But ultimately, when it comes down to it, Christian is not an adjective. That a movie has not been led to the Lord and baptized at so-and-so Baptist church. It can't truly be a Christian. It just has somewhat Christian content. But I think, ultimately, some non-Christian movies can teach better than some Christian movies. Oh, yeah. I would agree with you. That, and I'll talk about one especially a little bit later. What's your favorite kids movie or the movie kids movie that you think best teaches a a biblical worldview to kids. I don't know that I would say this movie or these movies 
communicate the best biblical worldview. But as a child, I did enjoy the Ninja Turtle movies just because I liked Ninja Turtles and doing karate and that kind of thing. But, you know, truthfully, I just have not been in the loop of watching a lot of children's movies for a long time. And I watched a few in college with some people, but that just was not what I gravitated to. And, you know, again, I watched far fewer films than you did. Um, or, or still do, and so um, I'm just not in the loop as much. I, I see some things, previews, and you know, advertisements, but um, but as far as actually watching the whole things, I just hadn't done a lot of that. Well, Cowabunga, dude, then. <laughs> it's a gnarly man. <laughs> a kids' movies, I think, really teach a biblical worldview in such a notable way was there's a movie called Iron Giant. I encourage parents of kids that are old enough to be able to handle some kind of intense action scenes to have to watch this with their children. If you got really young children, probably avoid it for now. But Iron Giant, I feel, teaches a go- the gospel in a way that almost no Christian movie does. And I'm not sure if it's intentional or not. It's a great kids movie. It's from the 90s. It has so many obvious gospel parallels, especially in the resurrection and, and for a character that's stronger than others dies for those who are weaker than it. Yeah. Uh, dies and takes the pun- takes their punishment in a sense in their place. You know, it even talks about the existence of the soul, and I'm not sure that I would agree that every single part of that conversation in the movie where they talk about our eternal soul is the most orthodox thing ever, but it does really show that we are more than this life in a way that is frankly shocking to come out of a mainstream to a large company company kids film and then one that was recent was Zootopia have you ever seen Zootopia I have not I know of it but I've not seen it yeah and I think Zootopia was incredible because it showed the need for understanding of one another and diversity but at the same time the movie really highlighted the depravity of man where even the most positive character is revealed to have substantial moral uh, deficiencies on their own and neither of those movies are Christian movies but I think teach mm-hmm. very teach very Christian truths in them it is amazing sometimes the the little window we have into the culture that people that aren't even trying to tell Christian stories, they they have these bridges to the gospel or to uh, things from the biblical narrative of how we believe, you know, this is reality God is doing in history. And I, it's just like they can't escape it. Should Christians simply get their kids the movies with the cleanest content then, if we're all talking about this? Uh, not necessarily. I mean, first of all, there's not a mandate that we watch anything. Now, and it probably it'll come across that I have a you know harder view on this. I uh, really, I mean, we watch stuff. Some of our our not watching things is not all principled, like oh, we just have this big problem with this, and that's just we just don't we do other things. But but first, we don't have to watch something. But I think that we can. I think you said that's right. God has gifted artists, and and we can enjoy the stories that they tell. But I mean, my girls uh, love watching old episodes of Little House on the Prairie. My wife was reading the stories to my older daughter, and then we decided, hey, we'll let them see the show. And, you know, the family values on there are usually pretty good. Pa's out there peacemaking, and he's trying to help other people restore things, and he's just all the time serving. And, you know, there's not anything all that seedy. But when it gets to theology... It is horrendous sometimes. I mean, I remember one line stuck out there in church, and Reverend Alden, the pastor, tells the church, he said, Now we all know that we can only have our sins forgiven by being good people and going to church. 
What? Yes. I mean, it was clear as day. And and there's other, you know, weak moments uh, when they start talking directly about God. I mean, I can't recall all of them now, but talk to my oldest daughter about that. And, you know, we, we exposed the problem there. And so there's a lot of clean, wholesome content, but, you know, just teaching things that are contrary to the gospel. So it's not just find the cleanest content. Now, obviously, you don't want to go to the other end and show them all sorts of graphic things just to prove that there's sin in the world or something. No, none of, neither of us are encouraging you to take your young children to see the Saw movies by any stretch. <laughs> Yeah, please don't. No. Yeah, please don't. But I do think that there is some danger. I think that there is a tendency sometimes that Christians have been given this mentality for Christian parents. The key to be able to take your kids to a movie or know whether you can rent or even buy a movie is just go on a content advisor, maybe a Christian content advisory webpage, and see if it if it lacks this, that, or the other content in it. And, you know, it becomes almost a legalism in that. Mm-hmm. But you know, I think in that, it's in, this is, has this equation of Christianity with mere family values. That, oh, this is a good movie for Christian kids because it's good family values. But I think that that mentality is actually quite destructive to our children's understanding of faith. Because I think that, in effect, does reinforce the religion that was taught by the pastor that you're referring to on, <laughs> on the show, really. You know, it can't, oftentimes, th- when we do this, we can neglect talking about some shows that have some dangerous teaching because of the fact that they have nice content. And I think dangerous teachings and movies or shows or things like that, especially when it's regular, can do dramatically more harm to a child, to the worldview of a child that's being raised up in the faith than, than watching violence in a film little more than they should or even hearing some language that you would prefer them not hear. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I mean, you don't want to, you're teaching them one thing at home and, and there's, it's being reinforced at church, and then you're telling them this other narrative with the stories in the films that they see, and it's, it's just running completely contrary to it. And it can be more gripping in the sense that it's more sti- you know, stimulating to them. I think it can be pretty dangerous. Yeah, and, and I think an outside source... And an added thing to this would be an outside source saying movies with a certain rating or with a certain content is off limits for your kids has another element of it. I think it's frankly legalistic. You know, I know of a that of a popular website that gives basically thumbs up and thumbs down based on a certain amount of, of words or a certain amount of violence and, and grading based on movies to tell you that based, almost as if, you know, if it's a red if you're in sin if you take your kids to the movie and a green if it's, you know, your great, wonderful, fantastic Christian parent if you take your kids to the movie just based on content. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think some of it, I mean, that can really venture towards legalism and uh, going far beyond what's scripture tells of us and making rules that the Bible frankly does not and that should be left up sometimes a Christian discernment. Yeah, I agree. That being all said, how did you like the Lego Batman movie? As a grown man, I I did enjoy it fairly well. I mean, growing up, Batman was my favorite superhero, and so I even remember the, the older Batman movies, and I used to watch the Adam West, you know, bang pal version on TV, um, and so it was funny. It was a trip down memory lane. Now, that said, it's not a movie for young kids with some of the, the content that's in there. Now, the story, there's some issues there, but the story about relationships and family, I mean, that, that's good, but it does have some other elements about it that I, I just don't think it's 
the best thing for a young child. Yeah, I just want the listener to know, as you obviously can't see what's happening in the podcast, Ben has put on his Batman cowl as he's recording now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I thought Lego Batman was really, as a lot of what you said, it was, I enjoyed it a lot as an adult. I thought it was hilarious for adults. I mean, the satire was so amazing. And I actually didn't think it was that much of a kid's movie, but instead a very good, a well-done satire. And oddly, what surprised me was this pretty compelling Batman storyline in the movie. But what do you think about the violence that was in Lego Batman? Because that one movie was certainly not a movie to take your two-month-old to. No, no. And, you know, I'm still trying to decide what I think about that. I mean, in some way, they made very light of the violence and the destruction. Now, it's hard to dismember Legos in a you know overly <laughs> graphic way, but it's amazing that anyone was even left alive after Sauron and the gang you know got a hold of Gotham. So it... It's not like Saving Private Ryan. I almost wonder, does it give kids the impression that it's funny or it's not the big deal? So I'm just, I'm still trying to figure out what I think on that. For me, I thought at first I had a strong reaction against it, as I had even talked to you before about it. And then I think my opinion of it kind of lightened with time. I thought it was certainly not appropriate for young children. I think I would not, at least would definitely not expose it to my youngest children. But I thought ultimately, in a lot of ways, it was a little more than Lego violence. You know, the truth is, whether we want to admit it or not, and this is, I think, is relevant even for the podcast, that boys will be boys, and even girls sometimes will, will play. You know, <laughs> so sometimes kids will be a little rough and play a little rough, and sometimes that's okay. And yep. I thought that there were times in which, uh, which the violence was just kind of like that. I mean, for example, when they shot guns in the movie, the, they literally made the noise, pew, 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 which was... <laughs> <laughs> Both funny, but at the same time, kind of showing that this violence wasn't many much more serious. I did think you mentioned Sauron, and Sauron was in the movie and was pretty humorous in the movie. I think he was probably inappropriate at times. I think it was so one of his lines in particular. I thought was pretty gruesome to be in a kids' movie. About the the city running with the blood. Exactly. exactly yeah, that was that a little line. little over the top. Yeah, he, he probably is the most menacing of any of the, the evil characters. What do you think Lego Batman taught about human nature? I mean, I think it teaches that it's good for man not to be alone, and not just in the sense of marriage, but just having other close human relationships. And that's, that's important, I mean, especially in this digitally connected but not connected age that we live in. I think that is something very true about the way God made us. Now, if you count the villains as people and not some other species, you know, then there's some people that are bad and then there's other people that are good. But they did show, it's, it's, Batman has some issues, like when he's there at the Phantom Zone, he's being scanned. He's not the typical bad guy, but then, you know, it's a kind of clear, unclear what he is. So they're a little bit confused about human nature. Yeah, I thought in the movie it did kind of present that some are basically good and some are basically bad. Mm -hmm. But even the good can be tainted, as you mentioned with that, which I thought in some ways can be healthy because, you know, it shows a little more nuance to that. While it's certainly, the Bible certainly presents us all as being bad by God's standards, you know. A lot of times you'll encounter movies like How the Grinch Stole Christmas that I mentioned earlier that would say even those who do bad things are basically good. But I don't feel that it, it, it 
it in any way, shape, or form embrace that mentality. And I think that it taught that we are responsible for our own bad actions. Mm-hmm. It is not the fault of anyone else. We are ourselves responsible for our our bad actions. Even the good characters are responsible for their own bad actions in the movie. Oh yeah, and just you know, Batman owns up to that eventually, seeing the the problems he's caused, and then you know tries to correct that and turn away from it. What did Lego Batman present as life's purpose? But as I understood it, it was that we need to work together to do good and, and be together in good relationships, which is not a terrible thing. But you know, there's really no reference to God in this directly. But this this togetherness is is vital to what we're doing in life. Yeah, and I think purpose then was found in community, kind of like you were mentioning, mm-hmm. and success in life is having many friends and having many family members. That's a successful life. But what was the solution offered for the woes that mankind has? Oh, don't fly solo. You know, don't be like Batman, this unsupervised adult that's going around karate chopping people. Let other people in to help you and you help them and just building this community or this family, this family of your own choosing or, you know, however it works out. Absolutely. I think that was really hit the nail on the head on that. In Lego Batman, is there anything akin to an afterlife? And if so, how might that impact kids? Yeah, there's this thing, the the Phantom Zone, and it's where the villains go. It's not clear how they all got there. At least Superman sent some people up there. Batman sends the Joker up there. But there's people that are like those guys, Bane, Godzilla, you know, the Wicked Witch of the West. But there's a, a scanner that checks them when they arrive to see if they're they're bad and you know there's maybe a reference to god or maybe it's the devil as the boss of the place it's treated kind of silly i mean the place is only ever so slightly spooky they're not really suffering there i mean they don't want to be there they want to go wreak havoc on the world but it could give the impression that you know the bad people go to some place but it's really not that bad they're just away from us and it's only like murderers and stuff I think at the same time, as much as it certainly doesn't show it to be that bad, it does show in a ways that some, even movies that were recently released that are supposedly Christian movies, authors don't believe that actions have serious and sometimes and even eternal consequences. There is a place of non-eternal happiness, mm. which I thought was something and it was helpful. But yeah, at the same time, we do need to correct the ways in which it does make light of it, I think. How does Lego Batman encourage children though, to relate to their parents and, and vice versa? How does it encourage parents to relate to their children? There's some positive there. Now, Dick slash Robin, you know, he tries to please his both of his dads, Batman and Bruce Wayne, but there's not a whole lot of uh, an authority structure there. It's just sort of keeping, I need to keep them happy. I need to do what will make them happy. And so it could give the impression that just, hey, you know, do what you do to make mom and dad happy. Or for parents, like, okay, it's not about the, their vertical relationship to God, them honoring the Lord and loving other people. It's just, you know, they, they're there to do what I said and to, to what makes life easy for me. And so that's not really the goal in parenting, and that's not really no. the goal in what you're training your child to. Um, and I think just parental authority and responsibility is taken kind of lightly. I mean, it's almost silly. There's a scene where on, they're on that, uh, I don't remember what he called it, but they're fighting out there on the wings, and they're giving each other timeouts and stuff, and it's just so they're all on the same level, kind of. 
Yeah, I think that's a very good point. But, you know, I do think that this movie certainly goes far beyond the level of many recent children's movies. I think many recent children's movies, I even think of the movie Moana that I saw not long ago, I think portrayed parents as just being inept and not being worthy to be looked up to. You know, sometimes life is, is made better by not following your parents' advice in those movies. But I thought that this was much more positive. It, I thought it did portray both Batman, really, and uh, as well as Alfred as parental figures that were role models. And it's good to listen to those role models for children. And that was soon as honorable and rewarding to do so. Mm-hmm. I mean, it really, I think it encouraged, even the parent figures that were in it were encouraged to see how monumental and important of a role that they do have on, on shaping people. So I think in a lot of ways it, this kind of movie can help children have more of a positive view on on their parents rather than many movies that I think make their kids think that you know mom and dad don't know what's up. No, I think that is a good observation. That's it's not just you know the adults are the buffoons and the kids are more clever than them. Yeah. What other dangerous doctrines do you think Lego Batman communicates to our kids? Now this one, I'm not exactly sure. I did feel like dick slash robin gave off a little bit of a flamboyant air there you know perhaps an agenda in the background there i've seen some people criticizing the whole two dads saying that they're trying to push a homosexual agenda you know i I don't really know if that was the intention or not i'm not gonna come down on that but you know that that didn't i didn't think that was by far the biggest thing that was very very subtle if it was even there but you know then again i don't expect hollywood studios to put out bible study materials for my children now the the stuff about them batman and joker just coming out and i hate you forever and it just made so lightly of that that i did that did bother me again you know some some kids may see right through that other kids I think it could communicate that it's not that big of a deal for those words to pass your lips. And again, words, as Job says, there are words for the wind, but just making so lightly of something that is so serious. When it, as it relates to family, at the end, the way the, the Bat family all just sort of comes together and they just start living together, you know, I don't know how else they would tell the story. Like, I don't know if they need to show a wedding or something like that. I'm not suggesting that, but they just all kind of decide, hey, let's let's be a family. And now, there's nothing suggestive about that. Like, you know, you don't see Barbara Gordon and Bruce Wayne, you know, sharing a bed or something like that. But it, it just sort of normalizes. It gives the idea that it's all okay. It's just this in- unconventional family situation, and it, yeah. it's great that Bruce adopts Dick Grayson, but. Again, I, I don't know that kids would pick up on that directly, but it could be one of those things they pick up on the side. They're like, oh, you know, that's fine. And, and some of those things may be nitpicking. Yeah, I, I think my first comment is going to probably might be a little bit of nitpicking, but I'm not sure. Uh, I kind of felt like it portrayed in some ways self-sacrifice is for some reason selfish. There were times in which uh, Bruce Wayne and Batman acts in a way that puts himself in danger to save others from danger, and he's 
almost punished for being somehow selfish for doing so. You know, and I think that that can have an impact on children and, and those who watch it to, to feel that, you know, it's not, it's not a wise or helpful thing when, I mean, our Lord and Savior modeled the good, the good that is self-sacrificing, giving up of yourself for the sake of others and, and putting yourself in even a path of danger to protect others from the path of danger. You know, and I think especially in, in raising up men, I think the call of a husband and the call of a father is going to be the call to often put yourself uh, in places of danger to protect your own family. Another thing I thought more significantly that I saw as a problem in it was I think that it, at times it really seemed to suggest that the lonely in life are incomplete people. And especially early on in the film, they kind of highlight everyone, you know, everyone's happy, who's partying it up with people after Batman saves the city. But it's portrayed even through in very humorous ways that Batman is really incomplete because he's lonely. And the truth is there are going to be people that are going to be alone in life. There are going to be people that don't have those relationships for many different reasons. Perhaps someone for medical reasons has to be alone far more often than they like. And I think for them, um, for those kind of situations, even for some children that might be in that boat, I think that it can portray to them that their life is not complete. What truth, though, does Lego Batman teach our kids? Back to the relationships. I just That's something that we have talked about. The pastors here at my church have talked about just trying to get people into more significant spiritual relationships beyond sports and weather and, and that kind of thing, but to bear one another's burdens and, and to um, try to help each other along spiritually. And so that resonated with me probably just because of the context that I'm in, but encouraging people to do that. And so that did, I thought, uh, that stuck out a lot. And I think that it is important. And not, it's, you know, I didn't grow up with, you know, an iPod in my hand or a, an iPhone. I mean, they just, those, those things weren't around yet. And so the ways that people connected were different. So it's just the, the landscape has changed so much. And so I think that is a, a valuable thing for kids to see, not just get in your own little world. Absolutely. And with that, somewhat similar. I think it highlights the need to work together with other people. Uh, the Ironically, I actually think the Lego movie, the previous movie, the prequel to this, or whatever you want to call it, the Lego movie, I think, did a much better job of this, communicating that same idea. But another point that I think was very helpful, and that I think is really rare to see something like this in a kid's movie, is the legitimacy of some non-traditional, uh, parts of non-traditional family. Now, there are parts that we would certainly have a problem with, but especially adoption. Mm -hmm. I think it really portrays po adoption in a positive light, and it shows how important it is in a way that I've almost never seen in a kid's film. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, with Alfred sort of informally adopting Bruce and then Bruce with Dick. So, yeah, that's a good point. How can parents talk to their kids about Lego Batman or any other kids' movie, for that matter? Back to what we were talking about earlier, I think just watch it with them or watch it before they watch it and then try to ask them good questions like we talked about. I mean, help them watch with a critical mind. And not, I mean, viewing something on a screen is somewhat of a passive activity but try to get their mind engaged and ask questions of the story and, and ask you know what is this telling me about what's true about what's good about what's beautiful yeah. ask them how does this compare to real life uh, just things like that to get their wheels turning and not just absorbing it and then going on and just kind of assuming what they saw was everything was how it should be 
I want to add, I think also that with any kids movie, you should seek to correct wrong teachings deliberately, but at the same time explain the world will be the world, you know? Mm-hmm. You shouldn't expect a movie like Lego Batman to always teach a Christian world. Our children need to also understand that, you know, that they're not teaching these views that are not our views because they're lapsing Christians because they don't understand our worldview and how and now we can bring the tr- glorious truth of our worldview of the truth of Christ and scripture and then use that again as a springboard to teach biblical truth about the Lord on some things you know even adoption you know talking isn't that wonderful the adoption that happened but you know it's even better as our adoption in Christ for example with Lego Batman movie might be Thank you for joining us for this podcast, and I think Pastor Ben can take off his cowl now as we finish up. Yeah, I gotta gotta go shower up though, because I think it's kind of hot. I encourage you to please download our future podcast on iTunes as well as listen to it on SoundCloud. I like it and even give us a positive review if you enjoy it. So you can share it on Facebook or if you enjoy the podcast. And we look forward to you joining us every first and third Thursday.